capital of the world. Bring your lunch. It's the T.C. Martin Show. With the flex of the muscles. Diagnosis. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow, he can really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. <laughs> Friday afternoon to you. This is the T.C. Martin Show broadcasting live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Of course, our Friday home, and it seems like our March Madness home. It is our March Madness home. When there are games, we are here, at least Monday through Friday, (laughs) 2 to 4 p.m. from the beautiful, luxurious sportsbook, one of a kind that shocks your mind, powered by William Hill. It is March Madness, Sweet 16 style. We get ready for action tomorrow. Sunday, Elite Eight, Monday and Tuesday. Oh, yes, let the games recommence. T.C. Martin, Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house, Ballpark Frank, a slew of guests today you're not going to want to miss, including our lovely doctor. That's right, the sports doctor from uh, Roseman University and our COVID health expert, Christina Madison. She will be joining us here momentarily. A little bit later on, the coach joins us, Pete Gillen. That's right, uh, from Xavier, Providence, Virginia fame, and uh, now, of course, with CBS, has been with CBS for quite some time, uh, doing the analysts for a lot of these games. So uh, Pete will be joining us from Indianapolis. Look forward to that. And uh, Matthew Holt will join us next hour as well, too. And as we know, Brian Benowitz, Matthew Holt, he can talk up both sides of the game. Matthew Holt's the absolute best <laughs> handicapper I've ever seen to make me a, li- a lot more confused on which side I want to go to because he's uh, he'll tell you exactly why one team's going to cover and then exactly when, why one other team's going to win. So uh, he's he's a joy to listen to. He's very knowledgeable, and uh, I look forward to hearing what he has to say. All right, in an a- action-packed show, and as we know, when the coach comes on, we'll, we'll get quite a few laughs as well, too. Absolutely, but, but time out first, TC. I just yes. want to just say, how great you're dressed today. You look oh, fantastic. Thank you. Sam, we're, we're the video cam. We should be on video today. That's right. Yeah. I am donning the the baby blues. All right? The, the Bruins. That's right. UCLA. And so are you, Double B, yep. the, the alumnus that you are. Yes. You've rubbed off on me. But I've always been a you know a closet UCLA fan. Well, my niece and nephew graduated this week from UCLA, so uh, they make number seven in our family that graduated from UCLA. So we're a big uh, uh, Bruin Blue family yeah. and uh, excited for this weekend. And we've got Bruin fans in the house here. Yes. Uh, munching on the Hattie B's chicken, our UCLA Bruins fans. Yep. Uh, we've got Fast Eddie, who he just showed me his UCLA ID. And he said he starts school on Monday. Perfect. So Bruin fans are in the house here, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Now, if we could just get Frank some baby blues. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of him. Don't worry. <laughs> I know it's, it's hard to get him out of his bear wear, but he, you know Bruins are a bear, so yeah. You know, there you go. There you go. You're in the family. That's but, right. You know, Frank's sporting the VGK, which uh, he, rightfully so. Yeah, VGK and, struggled, and, struggled last I night. Know. Well, and, and we're going to touch upon that a little bit later as well, too. Yeah. All right, ballpark. What's going on, my man? You know, I mean, it's only one game with the VGK, so it's not that big of a deal. I mean, exactly. It's a, you Regular know, that season. kind of stuff happens. Uh, they got off to a nice start. Patch already scored early on in the game, and then the second period was a disaster. And you know, these things happen in the schedule. And Colorado's a pretty good hockey team. Uh, they still don't have Petrangelo around, so I, I think they're going to be just fine. I still think the question mark for Colorado is their goaltending. And as far as UCLA, I have been on their campus, so I've seen the school a little <laughs> bit. So, but uh, and my brother John was actually a big UCLA fan when we were kids. I don't know how he gravitated towards them, but he was. All right. 
All right, guys, we, uh, Sweet 16, we had some great times here last week and even earlier this week, as we know, in the first two rounds of the tournament. There are some surprises that are still alive here, and those Bruins are one of those double B. I mean, they had to do the play-in game against Michigan State as the co-11 seed coming out of that region, and now they are the 11 seed, and, and they're not the longest shot on the board. I mean, Syracuse is an 11 seed, Oral Roberts is, is a 15, Oregon State is a 12, there's a lot of long shots uh, still on the board here. Yeah, it was a fantastic first weekend of basketball. Uh, some great upsets and just some really very well-played basketball. Uh, some buzzer beaters and, and just a thrill. For UCLA, they escaped. They absolutely escaped the play-in game against Michigan State, winning that in overtime, and then caught a little break by facing what, what I'd call a soft BYU team and then uh, getting Abilene Christian after they upset Texas and uh, just suffocated them, so that was that was kind of nice. You know, one one of our uh, patrons here just uh, sported uh, the USC uh, logo to me right there, and yeah. I had to, I had to respond with with the O. Yeah, I, I had to go with the O because I think I think Oregon's going to get the Trojans this week. Wow, what a what a game! It's a rematch. Yeah, uh, they only played once due to COVID, and right. and SC handled them quite well. They did in that game, but it was in LA, and SC's got a really nice team. They're very very long. Hmm. Uh, they dominated the rebounds uh, in that game, and. Uh, you know, the, the Mobley brothers, if they're going, they're in a lot of trouble. The biggest problem with USC is they can't shoot from the free throw line at all. They're number 327th in the country. That's right. That's right. And uh, that's, that's not good if this is a close game. Uh, SC uh, presents a lot of trouble, though. Uh, they, held, they held teams to, I think, in the first two rounds, less than 30% uh, field goal shooting. So uh, just smashed Kansas in that game, which was nice to see. And the Pac-12 dominating in this back in this NCAA tournament yeah except for one team who I decided to get on I, I bought all the Kool-Aid and then I jump on Colorado and uh, they get destroyed yeah, by, that, by Florida State that so. was a tough game Florida State played some great defense Colorado might not have been in their heads too remember there was a shooting in Boulder that day where 10 mm. people died and it came out that there was a lot of 20 year olds in there so mm. uh, it's awful hard for a yeah. college team to gear up and get focused, you know, the night of such a, a horrific uh, uh, disaster uh, that happened in their city where their, where their school is. Yeah, in fact, their coach had talked about that after the game, and he mentioned the fact that he said he didn't address the team about it, but that they'd all heard about it. He said his mind wasn't on coaching. He knew that some of the players weren't in it. There was actually talk amongst their locker room about canceling the game, and we've seen that before when there's been a disaster happen someplace. They had to go, and it was, uh, again, he said it put basketball in perspective that day. I'm with Brian, I don't think Colorado was focused in that game. I'm not saying that they would have won if that hadn't happened, but it definitely had an effect on their performance. A night and day difference from what Colorado showed in the in the opening oh, yeah. game of the NCAA tournament where they looked lights out and said, wow, this team might be able to make a run compared to game number two. So, all right, we will dive into all of the Sweet 16 matchups. We'll be breaking it down for you, so hang tight with that. Give you the latest lines and some winners as well, too. Like I said, a little bit later on, the coach from CBS, Pete Gillen, will join us. But right now, let's start the program with our favorite doctor, okay? I'm not the most favorite doctor here on the, on this show. No, no, you're, you're not. A distant you're not. Second. I'm a distant second, <laughs> no doubt. And then I'm not the prettiest, I know that. But she is. Dr. Christina Madison joins us. Of course, I like to call her our health expert here as she brings it to, to us uh, whenever we have her on. And we appreciate her being here at the Cosmopolitan today from Roseman University and the founder and the CEO of the Public Health Pharmacist. What is going on, doctor? Not much. I'm just super excited that we are getting people vaccinated. I had to make my way through a 
giant crowd of people to get over here to sit down with you guys today. So, were you signing autographs on the way in? Because your face I is all not. over television, <laughs> everywhere. I mean, come on. Well, I credit you with that because <laughs> uh, you know you were one of my first interviews at the beginning of the pandemic. You had me on right when they canceled March Madness last year. Uh, you said, is this going to be a while? And of course, I was like, you know, at the time, I said, you know, it depends. And, you know, little did we know that, uh, you know, a year later, uh, we would be, you know, having sports, but without any fans in the stands. And, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to slowly come back, but we still have to take, you know, precautions at least until we can get everybody vaccinated. And we do have basketball. We do have a tournament. It's been a phenomenal tournament. So at least we do have, have basketball and we are getting sports back. Yeah, they've been playing some really good ball. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, the vaccine. That you're t and I know you've been very, very busy doing all kinds of clinics. Uh, what has been your viewpoint of the success of the vaccine thus far? And what type of feedback have you gotten from the public here? Uh, nothing but positivity from pretty much everyone who's, you know, gotten the vaccine. Uh, people who've waited in line, they said, you know, I would have waited in line for hours to get this because to them, it's not just them receiving the vaccine. It's them uh, actually being able to, you know, go visit their family, go visit their friends. It's, you know, a lot of my seniors, it was them being able to hold and hug their grandchildren you know so it's not just you know protecting them it's protecting um, those around them and them feeling safe being able to go into those spaces and you know with the CDC uh, putting out recommendations for those who are fully immunized it was really uh, you know just another thing that we could go back and say you know yes it's safe for you to be around these people again are you surprised at the number of people that have decided to get vaccinated? Because we go to some of these locations, especially here locally, whether it's Cashman or the convention center, and there's just throngs of people. And what, what I get from talking to people is like, I didn't know this, this many people would actually want to be vaccinated. And again, you're right in the thick of it and you're seeing all these people. Are, are no, you surprised it, at the record numbers? It's the hottest ticket in town. It is. For sure. Forget the Golden Knights, right? <laughs> it's not It's not about who you know to get in the club anymore. It's about who you know to get vaccinated. I'll drink to that. Exactly. <laughs> Jeez. It's all about who you know here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been really eye-opening, I think, just to see, uh, you know, other people helping to get vulnerable populations vaccinated. So I did a clinic a couple weeks ago and I actually had an 80-year-old lady who was brought there by her pastor because one of the parishioners called and said, hey, we have an extra dose, can you bring her in? And, you know, no need for, you know, signing up online. We just took care of her, you know, and that's really what it's about. It's, you know, decreasing barriers, getting people what they need, and hopefully making sure that, you know, those who are the most vulnerable in our population are, are protected because we want Vegas to come back, right? I think we're, you know, we're at this point right now where we don't want too many people to come here, but we also want people to know that tourism is available, but that we do want to do it safely. You're everyone's best friend recently, aren't you? I mean, people you probably haven't heard of for, from forever. Just your best friend Just, <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes, you are. There's no question can, about that. I can show you who's at the top of my text message list right now. Really? Be yours truly, huh? Yes. Oh, man, do I feel fortunate. Look at this. Shoot me up, baby. There it is. 
Well, we're for sure going to get some uh, photo documentation of that. There you go. All right. Speaking of which, there's a lot of people that are still a little bit confused, and I raised my hand too. I've been asking a lot of questions with you. Um, you know, the Johnson & Johnson is out. It's the one-shot dose, the Moderna versus the Pfizer. Uh, give us some, some thoughts from you, uh, pros, cons. What do you recommend? Yeah, I would say whichever one is available, that's the one oh, you get. There you go. Because they are all 100% effective at preventing hospitalization and death. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line, mm -hmm. right? Regardless of, you know, you have a little bit of difference in efficacy. The, those differences in efficacy are really comparing apples to oranges. Because remember, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine was studied last year when there were no variants, when there were no mutations. Right, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is really the only one that we have right now that's actually been studied in the real world with the, you know, with the UK and the South African variant. And so I think, you know, when you really look at it, it's it's that bottom line of hospitalization and death, and they're all 100% effective. Even the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is looking like will most likely submit for EUA status or emergency use authorization by the FB, FDA next month. So that means we could potentially have four different vaccine presentations that people could have the opportunity to get, which is incredible when you think of the fact that it took them 13 months from concept to getting the first vaccine into somebody's arm. It's incredible. Yeah, one year later, it's it's amazing to see where we are, and it's obvious to, to those of us who have lived through hospitality, we've been open since uh, June, that really the only way out of this is through vaccination. And uh, what do you what do you attribute Nevada's success? We started off very slow, and now we're one of the tops when it comes to getting shots in arms. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to uh, give a little shout out to my university. <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we've been actively... Uh, you know, providing vaccines. We're, we're over 5,200 doses administered to the community. Uh, so, you know, I think it, it really comes down to more community partners, right? So the, the state, the county health department, they can't do it by themselves, right? Also, we have a new administration that is prioritizing vaccine distribution as well as giving ancillary support. So, you know, one of my recent clinics that I did was with somebody from the USDA. It was a veterinarian. It was, you know, one of the most amazing experiences. Uh, he had a, a patient in front of him, uh, and uh, the lady was a little bit nervous. And he looked at her and he goes, "Don't worry, I've vaccinated plenty of chickens." <laughs> <laughs> and he was serious. <laughs> and so, like, if you really think about that, that's what it's going to take. It's really all of us together getting these shots in arms and thinking outside of the box for some of these non-traditional people that we would think would be administering vaccines. It, it's great to see the hospitality group uh, uh, able to get their vaccines within the last couple of weeks. Our co-stars, which is what we call our employees here at the Cosmopolitan, have really jumped on it. We have over 1,300 of our 4,000 people have already been vaccinated. So uh, uh, we're real excited as we welcome back the public, uh, knowing that our, our team will be vaccinated as, as well. Mm -hmm. What do you say to the people that are hesitant? Because I know there are some people hesitant out there, and there's some people on the fence, but you want to get as many as you can vaccinated. How do you, how do you address that? I think the number one thing that I would say is that, you know, what what is the reason why you're hesitant? Because I think we talk a lot about vaccine hesitancy in the news, but the problem is, is that we're not listening to people. We're telling them that they're hesitant before they've even 
had an opportunity to tell us what their concerns are. So I think we actually really need to do a better job listening to why people may not want to get it. It could be because of lack of transportation. It could be of lack of knowledge about the fact that you know, that it, there is no cost. The federal government is paying for this. You don't have to have insurance to get the vaccine. And that, you know, that the side effects are minimal. And if you think about, you know, risk versus benefit, benefits of getting vaccinated, benefits of getting back to normalcy, benefits of being able to travel, benefits of being able to be around your loved ones, and you compare that to the minor side effects that you may get from this vaccine, right? So there's no chip in it, right? <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, Bill Gates didn't put a chip in you, okay? I know, I've, I've administered many doses, okay? <laughs> it doesn't impact your fertility where, you know, the long-term adverse effects, there, there seems to not be any right now. This is the first time in history that we've had a, a database that is correct, collecting real-time information on people when they get vaccinated through the vSafe program. Um, we also just had recent data published on the benefits of pregnant women getting this vaccine and that they can actually pass these protective antibodies onto their unborn child. I mean, that's amazing. You know, like there's so much more that we know now that we didn't know before about the benefits of people getting vaccinated. And I would say don't let that fear of the unknown or the fear of maybe not knowing make you not want to protect yourself and those around you. And if you truly do have questions, ask your healthcare professional. They will tell you the truth. Don't ask Dr. Google, <laughs> right? Don't go to brother Facebook, right? Or sister Instagram, okay? You got the whole go, family and networks going right? there, don't you? Or, you know, or cousin Twitter, <laughs> right? Go to the source. Go to the people who know the science. Trust the science. Who's that ugly uncle? You know, there's always an ugly uncle out there, right? Yeah, they got to be out there. I don't uh, know about the ugly uncle. I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't know what other websites there are. She, I think she, she covered she, them she all. She covered them all. Or social media. Maybe LinkedIn? I don't know. No. I, don't, I wouldn't call him the uncle. No, no, you're right. Snapchat. <laughs> she is Dr. Christina Madison, Roseman University, the founder and CEO of Public Health Pharmacist. Join us here today live at the Cosmopolitan. Of course, as she always does, educating us. When this first came out, it was so politicized, and it seems like that's backed off a little bit now more because more and more people are getting it. And overall, the country's doing a good job. But you still see stuff, like you mentioned, especially on social media, where there is some news out there that isn't true, that the side effects are worse than people say, or once you get vaccinated, well, now I don't have to wear my mask anymore, and I can go out and do everything I used to do, or this, that, and the other. How do you combat that news that isn't real from getting out there, especially with social media. I know they've tried to block stuff and that kind of stuff here and there, but is it just simply going out and doing interviews like this and telling people that it's like, look, there's a lot of stuff out there. Just because you read it doesn't make it the truth. Right. Just saying it out loud doesn't make it true. Right. <laughs> I would say evidence-based medicine, right? You know, make sure that whatever you're looking at, whatever resource you're looking at, it's from a reputable source. Uh, the other thing, too, is I would agree with you. The fact that I have been so blessed to get all these opportunities to be in the media and be in front of, you know, the people who have the questions, right? One of the things that I didn't even think about is just the fact that by nature of me physically being in the space when people are being vaccinated as a woman of color makes people feel more comfortable if they are a person of color. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even comprehend that 
until i had someone tell me after i vaccinated them that they were still hesitant up until they got to the line but then when they saw me giving the vaccines they said okay i'm gonna get this and that's what we need we need more people coming out that are in the public eye talking about the benefits and talking about why they personally got vaccinated right so my why is my kids and my husband and my community and making sure that people know that this is safe effective and this is what we need to do in order to get back to normalcy and i i'm a vegas local i'm a nevada local i've lived here my entire life i've moved away briefly but i always come back home and one of the things that i will always tell people is that even though vegas seems like it's this big city we are a small town we have that small town acclimate we help each other we come together this community knows what needs to happen for us to get this done because people want to come have fun again and i want to have fun again and that's how we do this we do that by vaccinating all the people who make this city run and that is hospitality and that is all of these experiences that we are you can only come to vegas for amen sister well put and a unlv runner rebel alum as well too there you go. And new coach there. Did, did, you saw Kruger just retired at, at Oklahoma today, right? That was yesterday, and we had him on the show. Wow. There you go. Um, speaking of fun, did you have some fun with your birthday? Because you had oh, a birthday yeah. la- last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went to Area 15. All right. Super fun. That's, that's, that's what we have. <laughs> Another new venue that was actually supposed to open last March. Correct. Yeah, and uh, it it is looks like it's starting to it thrive. It was busy. There was probably about 200 people in line. They were all wearing masks. There you go. All right. Before we let you go, a couple more minutes. I want to touch about some some sports topics with you in regard to COVID. Here, the NFL just said that they are not going to require players and coaches to get the vaccine. So my question here is, um, you know, how is this going to um, how is this going to affect the public? In, in, in the viewpoint, and will this create maybe a stigma about the vaccine? And, and what does it say to the public if the NFL is saying, hey, players, coaches, you know, you don't need to get it, but we want our fans to get it to get back in the stadiums? Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, situation. I would say, you know, we want people to, to understand that this is what is needed, but we also want people to make their own decisions, right? And so I think you know the thought process behind coming out and saying that it's not going to be required versus recommended right is is to allow people to have that kind of free will right Mm -hmm. they need they know what they need to do in order to do what's best for their communities and i'll tell you there's a lot of airlines now that are looking at you know a vaccine passport so it honestly it may not matter if they're going to have to travel for games right uh you know especially if other places are requiring it it kind of might be a moot point but i think that you know again the perception that you know some of our players and our coaches may not need to get vaccinated i definitely think that that you know may be slightly negative in the public eye but i will say that you know there have been several professional athletes that have come out and have done public service announcements. We had, uh, you know, some come and actually get vaccinated at our clinic. And so we do see advocacy. So I think ultimately 
they're going to most likely get vaccinated. I think just right now, they're probably just wanting to give people the option and not make it required. Because again, going back to you know what Frank said, it is a hot button political topic right now. There's a huge anti-vaccine movement and there's a lot of political animus associated with this. And I think when we start requiring things without having some sort of you know, alternative, right? So like maybe more frequent testing, uh, then you know, we, we have to put that into perspective. It, it seems a little bit hypocritical if you're not gonna have your players and coaches require them to be vaccinated, but you're turning your arenas and venues into vaccination centers. And we're, and we're seeing that all over. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, those are all essential workers, mm -hmm. right? And all those essential workers, they're being asked by their employers to get vaccinated in order to come back to work. So, I, I mean, granted, it's one statement. Uh, you know, we're all evolving. We're all works in progress. So maybe uh, if they get some, uh, you know, some other comments that are contrary to what they're saying, they may change their minds. I would say personally, as you know, somebody who's been working in public health, anytime we have somebody who's in the public eye that can advocate for these kind of public health measures, including professional athletes, coaches, people who own these businesses, you know, general managers, CEOs, that, that's going to help turn public confidence. So, you know, we would prefer for them to come out and advocate for vaccine. Um, but, you know, if that's what they want to say right now, you know, we, we can't uh, we can't choose to, you know, tell them something other than that. But I will say, uh, you know, it, trust the science right. and the science says that the vaccine is how we get out of this with more crowds now coming, being allowed to go into arenas and stadiums and all that. Do you think that the vaccination card will basically become the new entry card into sporting events? It may. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, I do want to mention is that vaccination uh, is not 100%, right? So it's, it's very effective, but you can still get COVID again, even if you've been fully immunized. It's very uh, low chance, but we still need to make sure that the majority of the population is vaccinated so there's less of a chance of you being exposed to somebody who has COVID. So we've seen an increase and in an uptick in our number of new cases in the last week. So about 33 of our states have seen a new increase in cases. And it could be from spring break. We don't know. Uh, some of the states are relaxing their restrictions. I know that Nevada, there was some debate about whether or not our governor was going to relax some of the mask mandates. But it looks like that's going to be in place for at least the foreseeable future. Yeah, and when you're talking about that, too, I know I just saw a story on the news last night where Arizona has reduced or stopped their restrictions. And so there's people down the lawful now that are crossing over uh, to take advantage of the, uh, you know, the fact that they don't have to wear the mask and they go to the bars and that right across the river there from Laughlin to Bullhead City. What do you do when you hear stuff like that? What do you do when you hear things like the spring breakers that they're opening everything up and Dana White has just announced that the UFC is doing an event down in Florida and they sold out the arena, over 15,000 people there because he wanted the first full arena. Do you kind of cringe a little bit like people where this isn't over yet? Yeah, it's like spiking the ball and the five-yard line. <laughs> uh, I love the way she turns it into a football analogy. I you love know, it. Like that's, that's, that's what's happening right yeah. now, right? 
florida is definitely one that makes me nervous. i'm sure you guys saw the pictures from last week where they had to implement a curfew because there were so many people out on the streets and there wasn't anywhere for them to go so yeah, i mean at that point you think maybe we might have to look at implementing testing requirements when people come back or you know quarantine right if they're not vaccinated so i mean again we don't want to limit people but what else are you supposed to do because we don't have walls in between our states right the, the you can drive across state lines so you know what starts in california ends up in vegas what starts in arizona will end up in vegas right so we we just have to be really mindful of that and that's why we have to stay diligent and make sure we're doing our best to get everybody we can vaccinated, right? Perfect. The, the words of one of our favorites, Dr. Christina Madison, Roseman University, the founder and CEO of Public Health Pharmacists, and I like to say a regular on our show. And we appreciate you educating not just uh, us, but our listeners and everybody. And again, yeah, you are out there. You're out there television, radio, uh, in print, and uh, you've been a great advocate. Uh, you know, for all of us. So I really appreciate you, the time that you spend. And uh, I know that you're so busy and just appreciate the time as always. Well, today's actually my day off. So Whoa, I, I took some much needed di time off, but when you asked for me to come down, of course I can't say no. Wow, I, I feel special. Don't we feel special here? Uh, there of you course, go. of course. Yeah. So what's, what's great, and, and, and the good doctors mentioned it many times, is, is the speed of getting vaccinations here in America is really gonna step up, especially mm -hmm. next month, mm -hmm. where it's pretty much gonna be available to anybody who right. wants it. Uh, a lot of the states are dropping because they've already gone through the stages of getting those that are most at risk and are now basically open to the public and i think we'll be like that in nevada next month as well april 5th it's coming yeah. and it'll be open to every i'm so excited yeah. everyone anyone 16 and up right yeah. right now it's already 16 and up with chronic medical conditions right. but as of april 5th it'll be open to anybody who wants it mm. and i'm hoping that everyone will get vaccinated um, and now we, we're starting to see that the, the vaccine manufacturers are testing it in children as well. So there's a, there's a chance that we may even be able to vaccinate children as early as the end of the year or very, very beginning of 2022. So there's, you know, all of these things are, you know, if you would ask me a year ago, I would have told you there's no way we'll have a vaccine in a year. I would have been like, yeah, that's just not possible. I think I remember you saying that. They yeah. said, well, that'd be pushing it. Yeah, I, think that's what I you did. Said. Yeah. But we've never had this amount of money and attention thrown at one problem before. And global right? attention. Glo right. Yeah, right. everyone in the world was working on one singular focus and one singular goal. All right, well, great stuff, Christina. Appreciate you joining us today. And since you're off today, you can, you can hang out in the sports book a little bit with us, you know, just hang out. Watch some games. Who's cutting down the nets? You've been following the NCAA tournament? I go, got to go relieve the husband. He's watching the kids. That's how, that's how it goes. Okay. Have you been watching the tournament at all? I know you've been very, very busy. Uh, just a few highlights here just and there. Just a few highlights, huh? Yeah. All right. Outside of UNLV, do you have like a favorite school that you like to follow? Uh, Basketball-wise? Well, <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't say. I, I honestly, football is more of my. That's my, your thing. My bad. Yeah, well, we know that because we get her on the best bet. She goes six and zero here. So She's like, I like yeah. the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I'm still. Uh, we we still need that. Uh, 
I don't Super Bowl know, bet. I don't, uh, I don't know I'm what you're... I'm pretty sure I won that Super Bowl bet. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what yeah, she's talking yeah. about? I'm sure you owe her a meal. I like owe her everybody a meal. Yeah, and you know where we're <laughs> going to be coming to, to for that meal? It's going to be coming here. Of course. Uh, yeah. Sure. Let's do it. There it is. Yeah, there. let's make it happen. Yeah, no, we are going to make it happen. So no doubt about it. You I, better I, make I, it happen. Yeah. You're number one on her, on her, on her list for I, the I, vaccination. She comes here on her day off. You better hook this beautiful young lady I've up been, with I've her been, dinner. I've been trying to get her out. <laughs> this this lady is is busier than anybody I know. So I've been trying to get her out. But I think we we we've got a time frame now that we're going to zero in and we're going to do this within the next week or two, right? We're yes, doing it. Definitely within we're the doing next it. week. All right. We're going to make it happen, oh. and we're going to post pictures oh. on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. And I got just the place where we're going to go. And Double B knows where I'm going to suggest. So, yeah. so you're saying her plate is so full that there's no room for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> and dessert. Be, be, come hungry, because you're, you're going to get you know dinner and dessert. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah, so I, come I, hungry. Uh, Make I, sure you work out, you know, be- before, because, you know, these guys, you know, they can attest, you know, they know how we like to dine here. So there you go. Boy, we did, we did dine some pretty good food at the Blue Ribbon. <laughs> that extra go. crab leg is still hurting. That's that's where we're going. We're going to Blue <laughs> Ribbon. Hope you like Blue Ribbon. I'm bringing my appetite. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your game on. Get your food game on, girl. There, there it is. Yeah, just so long as I have enough time, right, between courses. <laughs> I'll be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Dr. Christina Madison, Roseman University, CEO, public health pharmacist. Check her out on her website. She's a great follow on Twitter as well, too. A quick shout-out for pe- how people can follow you. How they can follow you. Yeah, oh, a quick, uh, quick shout-out how people can follow you. Absolutely. You can follow me at the Public Health Pharmacist or on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's at Public Health Rx. Or you can follow me on my website, uh, and that would be uh, thepublichealthpharmacist.com. There you you. go. All right. And tune into our show or turn on any uh, uh, local television channel. You'll see her on TV. Yeah. (laughs) Probably, you know, every other week I popped up on one of the local TV stations. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Christina Madison. When we come back, Pete Gillen joins us live from Indianapolis, and we start talking Sweet 16. T.C. Martin Show. It's a beautiful Friday. Right here in the sports book at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. <laughs> Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas here on this Friday. I want to thank again Dr. Christina Madison, our favorite doctor and our COVID specialist. Roseman University founder and CEO of Public Health Pharmacist as well, too. And uh, you can check out, if you missed any part of that interview, that'll be up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. All right, we now get to what is happening on the hardwood, the Sweet 16, the March Madness, and who better to talk to than our good friend, the coach. We're talking about the former coach over at Virginia, Providence, Xavier, and does a fantastic job with CBS Sports. Pete Gillen. Pete, what's going on, my man? Nothing much, DC. Uh, excited for tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. All right. We got uh, some great action, Sweet 16 style. And then Pete's actually going to be calling the Division II game. How about a little bit of love there, Pete? Break that down for us. Uh, it should be very exciting. It's uh, the national championship, Division II. Uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of talent in there. Schools, we have the two teams that are in Northwest Missouri State. Who got a great program? Uh, they're like 26 and two, and they're playing against West Texas A&M, who's also got a terrific program. So should be a lot of fun. Both teams play up and down, a lot of fair chucking and ducking, heaving and leaving. So if you like fast action, 
turn in at, uh, at 12 noon Eastern time. So it would be early in the West Coast, 9 o'clock. You'd have to, you know, cut your eyeballs, you know what I mean, and uh, drink a cappuccino. But uh, get up early and watch a lot of fun. That's true. That's a tradition that CBS does that on the Saturday of the Sweet 16 every year. And Pete Gillen will be on the call with that. So we'll definitely look forward to that while I'm having some breakfast, Pete, because I know we'll get some uh, classic one-liners from you as well, too. You might as well just get, give us a shout-out while you're, you know, give us a shout-out. Give us a subtle shout-out. You know, I'm sure you could do that. Uh, you know, when you got a, you know, you got a fast break or a slam dunk coming. Yeah, that's what we expect tomorrow, Pete. I'll say, yeah, you know, you ought to check out T.C. Martin. He's the greatest <laughs> radio host alive, dead, or yet to be born. <laughs> oh, you're too funny. All right, Pete, so we, we talked to Long Kruger. He was on the show yesterday, the retirement of Long Kruger. It's really been a Kruger week here in Las Vegas. Of course, Kevin uh, getting appointed the UNLV head coaching job earlier in the week. Uh, give us some thoughts about Long, Krug- or Long Kruger, and I, I know that uh, you know Long very well. And uh, more importantly, Pete, what was your record against Long back in the day? Uh, we only played once, TC. Uh, we played in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he was at Kansas State at the time. I was at Xavier University, Cincinnati. We played him in the first round, and we were fortunate to win. I think the score was 87 to 79. Not that I remember, but it was a good game. He had a, a young man named Steve Henson. You know that name? Of course. Uh, who's yeah. a heck of a coach. Great guard. You know, and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, coach now down in, uh, in San Antonio. University of Texas at San Antonio, but uh, he's a great player. But uh, we had a good ball game. We were fortunate to win uh, and then move on. So your, your, your thoughts about Long Kruger, he, like you said, he took uh, you know five teams uh, to the NCAA tournament, only one of three coaches that, that have, have done that. And uh, he's had some great you know teams, of course, here in Las Vegas at UNLV, but you know recently at Oklahoma with a couple Final Fours as well. He's a great coach. You know, uh, his team's played very physical, you know, clean but physical, tough man to man. They ran things very, very well. They, they, you know, they're really a terrific team. I mean, he, and he's even a better person, a quality guy that thinks the right way, went by the rules, the family guy. I mean, he, a tremendous coach. He was a wonderful credit to the basketball coaching profession. He, you couldn't get any better. I mean, if you have a son, you want him to play for a, a man like Lon Kruger. But uh, he, wherever he went, he, he did well. Illinois took them to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, he was. I think he started at Pan American University way back when, and then uh, he moved on to Kansas City, Kansas State, and Illinois, and uh, you know Vegas. He did a great job, Oklahoma, uh, and you know, and then uh, you know finishing up at Oklahoma. So tremendous coach, and uh, you know, a wonderful person. So uh, it's sad to see him leave, but uh, it's great that his son Kevin is going to come on to lead the Rebels. That's exciting. Yeah, and you cover a lot of UNLV games with, with CBS Sports Network. Uh, you do a lot of the Mountain West games. And uh, now Kevin will be uh, you know, uh, coaching out here. Uh, give me your thoughts uh, about uh, Kevin Kruger and what kind of head coach do you think he could possibly be? I think it will be fabulous. You know, he was, uh, you know, he learned from his dad, who was a tremendous coach. He was an excellent player. I remember when Kevin played, was, did a terrific job when he was a player. So uh, I think he'll do well. You know, he's assistant, I guess, for a while with D.J. Altsoberger for a couple of years, D.C., I believe. I didn't, do, I didn't cover the Rebels this year. I've right. seen him on tape a lot, but I, I didn't. I, I usually get it one or two of their games, but uh, they want to get somebody important on their games this year, so I didn't do any. But uh, yeah, he, uh, I think he'll do very well. Uh, he'll do a good job recruiting. He's young enough to relate with the young men. i got to bring the Rebels back to where they were. You know, they dipped a little bit the last few years, uh, and that's the key to the Mountain West, you know, programs like New Mexico and UNLV, you know, usually they're up at the top, you know, doing really well. So 
we get those two programs going along with all the other programs that are really on the rise, the league's going to be a monster. You know, Pete, I, I want to get this uh, viewpoint from you again, because again, you're get bring it to us from a national perspective here you know individuals in a community tend to get wrapped up in their own bubble so to speak whether it's their own team their own city their own conference and you know a lot of times people outside of, of las vegas will have a totally more objective viewpoint i want to get your viewpoint from covering the world of college basketball <laughs> is unlv a prime time job for a coach or a top recruit and what is the the basketball program what is what does that look like to you from a national standpoint i think it's an excellent program i mean it's it's a great city they have nice facilities you know the arena is nice you know it's, it's maybe can get a little bit of an upgrade you know fix it up a little bit it's still a, a very nice arena to play in um you know the weather is nice out there it's important to a lot of kids uh, basketball is important in the city so i think it's an excellent job but a lot of the programs now have taken off. You know, a lot of other programs have put a lot of money in, fixed up facilities, fixed up their locker rooms, uh, different amenities, you know, and uh, taking care of it. So they got to put the money in. I don't know. I'm not close enough to know how much money they're putting in. Are they going on a, a trip overseas to Europe every four years? Are they, you know, taking care of the players, you know, under the rules, you know, with, with nice locker rooms and, uh, you know, et cetera. So uh, that's important that they keep support. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen because they were great. 25 years ago, 20 years ago. So uh, a lot of other programs are putting money in. You know, teams in the Mountain West are trying to upgrade. So uh, it's important, you know, they don't just do it on their name. they got to also support the program, would pay the coaches and take care of the players under the rules and have nice facilities. So that's my question. If they do that, then UNLV will be back. And I, I think they'll come back, and it's all about winning. You know, winning you know, brings more top recruits in. Success begets more success. So... Uh, I think it can be done. I think it will be done. I think Kevin Kruger's a, a great choice. All right, Pete Gillen joins us live from the Cosmopolitan. T.C. Martin, Ballpark, Frank, and Brian Benowitz here on this Friday afternoon with the coach, Pete Gillen. You know, Pete, we talk, We spoke with Kevin earlier this week right after he got the hire. He's very excited about things out here. He knows the city. He played here. He spent a lot of time in Vegas, but he hasn't been a head coach before. How big of a negative is that in your book, or is it just something like, well, he's been groomed to be a coach basically almost since birth. In fact, he told TC and I that, uh, you know, he's been uh, dreaming of being a head coach since he was eight or nine years old. He knew that's what he wanted to do, so he certainly seems like it's almost in his DNA that this was his destiny yeah i don't think it's a negative at all i think he, he'll bring a lot of energy to relate to the young man that he coaches he was a terrific player his dad was an outstanding coach he loves the game i think his enthusiasm his personality and his knowledge will you know go through the program so i i don't think it's a negative at all once again everybody's got to get their first chance lon kruger had to get his first chance as a head coach and you know i think it was pan american he was there for a couple of years so uh everybody you know every assistant or a former player has to get their first chance. Juwan Howard at Michigan, right? I think that's his first job. So, uh, and he, he's national coach of the year, uh, second year this year at the University of Michigan. So, um, I think Kevin will do a great job. That there's always going to be people detractors. Well, they'll say he's not good enough a recruiter, or he's not good enough for X and O guy, or he's not good enough relate to the community, or not enough charity. There's always going to be something that people are going to question. But uh, I think Kevin Kruger will do a great job. You know, Pete. At this time of year, not just is it the 
the zenith of college basketball as we are in the Sweet 16 right now, but it also becomes a coaching carousel because people lose their jobs at this time of year or other jobs open and other coaches are, are leaving. And we've seen that within the last week. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of these openings. Shaka Smart is leaving Texas and ready to take the job at Marquette. And we know that Shaka Smart hasn't won an NCAA tournament game while, while he's been at Texas. He's been in some heat there for the last couple of years. And now he's going to go to Marquette, who just uh, fired Wojo uh, earlier this week after seven seasons there. Uh, talk a little bit about, about that opening there and, uh, and Shaka Smart. Well, you're right, uh, TC, uh, that uh, Shaka was getting some heat at Texas. Uh, once again, uh, like all coaches at high levels, are getting paid a lot of money, and uh, I thought he did a good, solid job. But once again, expectations are high. He thought he was 0-2, and, and then lose an Abilene Christian, a small school in Texas. That was, you know, kind of a tough blow. So I, I yeah, they were, you know, kind of wishing that he might move on. You know, now I don't know what happened after they won the, um, you know, Big 12 tournament, but losing Abilene Christian stuff. So I think he. He got out, well, let me get out while, um, you know, people really aren't really that much behind me, not 100%. So he decided to do that and, uh, you know, go to uh, Texas is a great job, but it's a, football is a you know, priority there, as you know, being out west. And uh, basketball is important, but you got to win super big or they, they don't really recognize you that much. So he's going to a basketball school, Marquette, which has a wonderful tradition in basketball. Football is not, a, you know, in their program. So... Uh, you know, and I think he'll do a, an excellent job. He's a great recruiter. He relates well to the players. You know, he's a good person. I think he's a good, solid coach. You know, he has to prove that he's elite coach. He's not elite right now. I mean, he got to the Final Four at VCU, which was wonderful. But he, he, he has to prove now, you know, kind of uh, build up his reputation a little bit again. But I think he'll do an excellent job at Marquette. You know, the other coaches' openings, uh, so Oklahoma has an opening now, of course, because of Lon Kruger retiring, uh, you know, Shaka Smart moving on to Texas, so you've got those openings. Larry Kostoriak is now out at Utah, and then, of course, uh, in Indiana, Archie Miller is out there, comes over from Dayton. Doesn't seem like the Hoosiers were very patient, you know, at all. They really haven't really been patient. Tom Crean, he didn't work out there. Uh, give us some, some thoughts, Pete, and uh, in which job do you want of all those? I want to make a comeback, D.C., but I want you to be my main man. Absolutely. Main, I'm there. My senior associate and we'll pay you well. We'll pay you in wet towels. No, we'll pay you very well. I, you know, hold on, Pete. I, I like the I like the idea of being a senior associate, you know, head coach there because that means I'll get some money. But I don't like being that word senior in front of my name. You're making me feel old now. <laughs> oh, I'm old. I'm beat up. I, it's like I got hit with a fungo bat. I'm beat up. But uh, you know, yeah, it's a lot of big openings. And once again, not patience. Is coaches are getting paid so much money now to getting paid. Two million, some three million. Uh, you know, one of my former assistants, uh, Chris Mack, one of my former players, Chris yeah. Mack, getting four million a year yeah. uh, at Louisville. So the money is off the charts. So the patience is even, you know, shorter than ever before. So uh, these are all good coaches that got fired, but just they they slipped up in the mediocrity for a couple of years, and then they're they're gone. So uh, it's very difficult business. It's all saying you're hired to get fired, and there's some truth to that. Hey, Pete, can you touch on a little bit with this highly unusual season that we've had in the NCAA basketball, all the way down to everybody staying in Indianapolis and how that how it has impacted the players and the coaches? It's impacted them very, very strongly. I mean, it's like they're on the moon. They can't associate with anybody else. They can't go out to restaurants. They can't, you know, visit with their families outside, you know, their, their environment, right, or their hotels, rooms. So 
it's very difficult. It's not enough being talking about the mental strain, you know, the emotional strain, the psychological strain on everybody, the players, the coaches, um, you know, the, the administrators. So it's very difficult. It's certainly the world's been turned upside down. And it's amazing. Thank God we have the tournament, and hopefully we can finish it. Uh, but it's been uh, really difficult for VCU. My heart goes out to them, right, in the tournament. Now, all of a sudden, a couple of COVID-positive tests. Now, they had a withdrawal. Oregon moved on. You know, we were going to play them. So uh, it's been unbelievable mental strain. And hopefully now we're seeing, the, you know, the, the, the dip of the virus and with the vaccines and with everything else. Hopefully, uh, eventually, things will get back to somewhat normal. All right, Pete, Sweet 16 starting tomorrow. We got four on Saturday, four on Sunday. Give me that Pete Gillen upset special. Give me, give me one or two games that you're going to have your eye peeled to and uh, give our listeners maybe a potential upset. Okay, there's a lot of great games going, sure. Um, well, when I, I'm picking uh, Loyola Chicago. I'm picking uh, the Ramblers to upset Oregon State. It's not a super big, big upset, uh, but... Uh, Oregon State was, uh, you know, they're they're well respected from the Pac-12, even though uh, Loyola was uh, a better seed. But I, I think Loyola's going to knock off uh, Oregon State. I think that's that's one. Uh, I think I like that one there. Uh, I don't. I think Arkansas is going to beat Oral Roberts. They already beat them once. I don't think that'll happen. Um, so I think that's one from a school from the Missouri Valley upsetting the Pac-12 school. I, I, I like that one. And uh, let me see what else I. Uh, uh, that's about the only one I see right now is that one, and then uh, yeah, I, I like that one. Uh, that's the only one I see right now. Uh, Loyola Chicago. So, so Pete, talk a little bit about the Villanova Baylor game because Baylor, you know, this is this is a team when they're on, they're on, and it seems like they've kind of bounced back a little bit. They had that little lull after they took two weeks off in the middle of the season there, and the Villanova Wildcats, you know, they lose uh, Gillespie, they lose their their point guard there, but uh, Villanova has played lights out. Uh, you know, for the first two rounds. Uh, do you think the the Wildcats could possibly pull an upset here? They could. Certainly they could. I mean, uh, uh, certainly uh, Jay Wright's a, a tremendous coach. Uh, I thought they had a pretty good draw, honestly. Um, TC, you know, they played Winthrop, who was, you know, a good team, but from a, a smaller conference, the first game, and they were a 12-seed Winthrop, and Villanova was a 5. And, and then they, instead of playing Purdue, they played North Texas. It was a good, solid team, but not... They killed them. You know, North Texas was a 13, so they beat a 12 seed and a 13 seed. So now it's a different style. Villanova plays, you know, good defense. The whole team's to 67 points a game. Uh, but without their point guard, it's going to be difficult. Colin Gillespie uh, was an outstanding player. He tore his Achilles. Uh, and Jeremiah Robinson Earls get 16 a game. Justin Moore is good, 13 a game. So they get good players, and Villanova's going to slow it down. They play at a, you know, slow pace. And they shoot threes very well. Almost half their shots are three-point shots. So they have a, a punch's chance, D.C. But I, I think, you know, that uh, Baylor, they turn people over. They turn like 17 turnovers a game. So the key thing is going over, taking care of the ball. There it is. Baylor shoots 41% from three-point land. So uh, and that big trio of Jared Butler, Maceo Teague, and uh, Davion Mitchell are a murder. You know, each getting... You know, a lot of points. Uh, Butler 17, Peak 16, and uh, Mitchell 14. So, Villanova has a chance, uh, but I, I think that uh, their their defense is going to you know slow them down. And, but Villanova shoots a million threes, so if they get high from three-point land, it could happen. All right, our, our, my man Brian Benowitz is over here wearing his UCLA uh, Bruins colors uh, today, Pete, and he's an alum. D- does he have a shot against that Alabama team? G- give us the win. Yeah, he should. 
what he should do is, is wear a helmet when they play. <laughs> <laughs> because Alabama is very good, uh, athletic. I mean, they have a chance, no question. I know Mick Cronin, when he was a little guy, he was uh, working in Cincinnati. He was at Woodward High School. He was a JV coach and good man. Uh, and uh, and I was coaching at Xavier in Cincinnati. And so I know Mick, and I, I root for him. Uh, but Alabama's a monster. They average 79 points a game. Herb Jones, 6'8", forward, is one of the best players in the country that you might not have heard a lot about, but he's tremendous. He's thin, he's 6'8", but he can play uh, all five positions on the floor, believe it or not. He plays point guard to start the game. Uh, you know, they shoot threes well. Uh, they, you know what they do best is they attack the basket off the bounce. They're great at dribble penetration, Alabama. Uh, UCLA, they're playing, play pretty good defense. They're like a Cinderella, which is hard to believe, beating Michigan State, you know, and moving on uh, in the tournament. So uh, they, they uh, have done a great job. Uh, you know, they got a, a good draw once again. They beat BYU, who's good. And then they played Abilene Christian, uh, who's, you know, not a super high level. You know, they upset Texas. So I think they got a good draw. But I think Alabama's too strong. But Alabama shoots a lot of threes. If they're cold from three, the Bruins have a chance. You never count out UCLA. There you go. All right, my man. Uh, we appreciate the time as always, Pete. Hopefully we get to talk to, with you next week as we will start talking some Final Four after everything is set here. Uh, and, again, Pete Gillen on the call tomorrow morning doing the D2 championship game, uh, 9 o'clock here. Check that out. And we'll be waiting for that subtle reference there, Pete. Okay, I'm going to try to put you in. I'll just probably about a, a two-minute monologue on the value of T.T. Martin and his work. <laughs> All Thank right, you. Thanks for being on. You, take right, care, bye. brother. We'll talk to you later. Bye. There he is. He's one of the best. Pete Gillen, the former coach at Providence and Xavier and Virginia. And uh, – one of our favorites. Well, he's a joy to listen to. His knowledge in basketball, first and foremost, mm. and his relationships with the coaches. It's just priceless to hear that stuff. And uh, the fact that he's so involved in the game, he can spout out what's happening, whether it be Division Two or Division One, mm. and, and so in touch with everything that's happening in Indianapolis. It's, mm. it's refreshing to hear a guy like Pete talk. Yeah, I love having him on. All right, when we come back, another one of your favorite guys, Matthew Holt's going to join us. We're breaking it down game by game. So uh, get your... Notepad ready here. We are live at the Cosmopolitan inside the sportsbook powered by William Hill. The ponies are going. We've got uh, exhibition baseball. We've got it all happening here. Hockey coming your way. It's all here. Blue is supposed to be on in the Frozen Four, but yeah, I know that yeah. was that was a disappointment yeah. uh, as two teams out of the Frozen Four, yep. uh, both Michigan and Notre Dame, Dame. Uh, fell out. Uh, mm. Due to COVID concerns. And, and hopefully we have no more COVID concerns at the NCAA basketball tournament as well. But all right, uh, hour number one in the books, hour number two. Coming up right after the break, yours truly, T.C. Martin, Brian Benowitz, Ballpark Frank, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. <laughs> 